Welcome to this message by Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo. Bishop Edwin Ogo is a seasoned minister of the Word of God whose messages on Christian living, church building, and the work of the ministry are a great inspiration to ministers all over the world. He pastors the Mackinac Cathedral in Oyibi, where he ministers powerfully in various services, transforming lives and raising zealous church workers. You will experience the transformational force and power of God's word as he ministers passionately to you today. Be blessed as you listen. Please come with your offering. If you are given by mobile money, yeah. I can't get enough of you. I can't get enough of you. I can't get enough of your presence. Once I am in your presence I don't want to leave your awesome presence Oh Lord, you are calling me You are drawing me You are pulling me Closer and closer Jesus, Ooh, I can't get enough of you. As I am in your presence, Lord, I don't want to leave it. You don't want to leave it. Awesome presence. Presence. 
kindly clap your hands for the handmaiden of the Lord. Ah, she's even called Mary. I see. Clap your hands for her. How many of you have been blessed by the ministry of Bishop Ni Ajedu Amar? Beautiful. We are very grateful to God for raising him. Because it looks like every experience he's had in his life has been of benefit to us. As a form of instruction. Because nature itself teaches us. He has blessed us from the books. Taught us from scriptures we would never have even imagined were related to the call. But I believe that this Friday, the final day, this is his last but one session. I have just finished my last but one session. I believe God has something for us through him. The Bible says, they without us are not made perfect. And I want to thank God for his ministry, his life, his example, his leadership, and his humility. I want you to be very alert because I have noted and noticed that nothing he says is light. I think he's a serious person. Everything he says has weight. Like like your beard. (laughs) Has weight. So my dear friends, this morning, this afternoon, please lift yourself from your chair and with a hand clap let's receive one of God's generals in the UD to bless us instruct us rebuke us and guide us Bishop Ni Atedu Amar let's receive him what a session in fact, if your ministry remains the same after this session, you'll be classified as the most useless being that God created. I'm telling you. What we have received this morning is, is beyond description. I'm sure I'm leaving here with the video of this session. In particular, I have a Titus in Crete tomorrow. So I'm announcing to my pastors what we are doing at Titus in Crete. For those of you outside UUD, you don't know what is Titus in Crete. But tomorrow we have to listen to this. As I was listening, I was just imagining a session with my new believers' teachers. What it would be like. I don't think I can replicate it. So the best thing is to for them to sit and listen and, and watch. And I pause from time to time to add my because what we've heard today, even especially about the passivity 
It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Thank you so much, Bishop Ogo. You know, I don't know why he's paused for me to come. Because I thought, I mean, after I heard this in my the spirit, there's, there's, there's no more spirit in me. But thank God for his spirit that is always available. Father, we thank you so much for what we've heard today. We thank you. We really, really thank you. Holy Spirit, let these things, oh God, do something in us. Let these things change something in us. And let the people that, Lord, you have brought to us, let them be affected by these things. Even as you enable us to practice them, you enable us to do them. We give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You may please be seated. Oh, clap once again for Bishop Ogo. As, as, as he was ministering, I was just saying that, I was just looking around. And the first thought that occurred to me was, this, this message should be a very, be listened to, to by a very huge crowd, stadium. But then again, the Holy Spirit said to me, it's those who have ears to hear who are here. And those who have ears to hear who are on Facebook and on YouTube listening and watching. Hallelujah. I think that what we've just heard has the ability to transform our ministries. Amen. Has a very strong ability to transform our ministries. What is just occurring to me is you can put fuel in the car. It means that the fuel in the car makes the car have an ability to move. But the car can be parked and it will not move. And therefore, there are many of us who will have to decide that we are going to be the car that moves after receiving this sort of fuel, after receiving this sort of message. And I'm saying that if after this message you continue to do the same thing, there is something absolutely wrong. Yesterday, we were looking at Second Peter, I think, in chapter 1. And I want to start from there in this session. And I'm reading from verse 5. We're looking at the things that make us unfruitful, things that make us barren. And by the way, what we are hearing is not only for us, it's for us first. Amen? Then it's for the many who are called, who we are going to raise. Hallelujah. So I'm saying it's for us first. So as I'm listening, I'm thinking so many things for myself. And I'm also thinking about the people who I'm leading. Because if it's just for me, it will make very little difference in the whole equation. But then everybody who I'm leading has to be impacted by the same thing, the way I'm being impacted. And I'm glad there are quite a number of them watching on, you know, on YouTube and on Facebook. But what we are hearing today is, 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 is so wonderful. 
And you see, it boils down to what Bishop Ogo has been teaching us from day one about the heart. Because you can hear this, but if your heart does not receive it, then it should not make any difference in your life. But I believe strongly that our hearts have received what has been ministered and it's going to bring a tremendous change in our ministries. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. And so I'm still on my course. Many are called. Say many are called. Say many are called. And remember our formula 50 plus 1. Amen. It's a very simple thing. Is that not the case? That if you obey, it will help you. And then yesterday I began to talk about the fact that the call, the many who are called, what are, what are we called for? It's a call to fruitfulness. Amen. It's a call to fruitfulness. And there are things that blocks fruitfulness. There are things that prevent us from being fruitful. And today we've talked about a lot of them. And I'm still on that track today. Second Peter chapter 1 from verse 5. It said, and beside this, giving all diligence out to your faith, virtue. And to virtue, knowledge. Amen. And to knowledge, temperance. And to temperance, patience. And to patience, godliness. Hallelujah. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. Then it goes on to say, for if these things, for if these things, these are a lot of things. And said, if these things be in you. So again, if they are in you, they mean that they are in your heart. And that is why the heart is so important and the heart is so critical to the ministry. Because if these things are in you, okay, and we've learned that what is in your heart is what is seen outside. What is in your heart is what is seen outside. You may see a lot of mango trees, different species, and some are bringing forth a lot of fruits. What the mango tree is bringing forth, it's at the very heart of the mango tree. Because there is something inside the mango tree that enables it to fruit in abundance. And therefore also, there's something inside of us that has the ability to cause us to be large and fruitful. So all these things that have been named, is that if these things be in you and abound, so they don't only have to be in you, but they also have to what? Abound. Hallelujah. If these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus. Next verse. Then they say, but we've talked about things that when they are in us, they make us very fruitful. And when they are in us in abundance, they make us very, very fruitful. Then it brings, it says, but he that lacketh these things, he that lacketh these things is number one, blind. Number two, cannot see afar off. 
So he can see, but not afar off. And had, number three, and had forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. So we saw three very clear things there. The first thing being that you are blind. And we talk about the fact that many of us pastors, we are blind to heaven itself. We are blind that there's a place in heaven. You know, at time when Bishop is talking, and he's mentioned, you know, he's looking forward to his chariot or his, 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 um, his jacuzzi or whatever in heaven. It's that you think it's like some Anansi story or somebody who is hallucinating, you know. But this is somebody who clearly has heaven in mind. When we're in scripture, you know, we used to sing, I have another world in view, in view. I have another world in view. I have another world in view, in view. I have another world in view. My Savior is gone to prepare me a place. I have another world in view. My Savior is gone to prepare me a place. I have another world in view. These are the songs that we should sing in Scripture Union. A lot of young people here don't know such a song. Because we don't have another world in view again. We have this permanent place in view. All our focus is on this place and we see it as very permanent. And yet we as pastors, we bury people every day. We bury people every week. We bury people every month. And yet, we don't have anything else in view than what we see. So I'm saying a lot of young people don't have another world in view. Amen? We don't have another world in view. And so we don't know songs like this. But if we pastors have another world in view and we have a vision to take many to heaven. You see, number one, we will embark on a lot of evangelism. Number two, we will embark on a lot of raising people to become disciples. Hallelujah. That is what we will do. But because we don't have another world in view, we are just thinking about just what happens around us. We are not thinking about taking a whole lot of people to heaven. Because we ourselves, we are blinded to heaven. And that blindness doesn't make us do what Christ did or what Christ came to do. But I pray to God that from today, you and I will have another world in view. I say we'll have another world in view. Amen. We will not be blinded to the fact that this life is very temporal. So he's saying that he that lacketh these things is first blind. So number one, we are blinded to heaven. We are also blinded to hell. That is a place called hell. But then Jesus Christ told the story of the rich man and Lazarus. And Jesus is the only one who has told us exactly what happens when one dies. So that we will know that there is a place called hell. And there's a place called heaven. Now when the rich man was saying that Jesus should allow him to go and tell his brothers, he said, no, 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 you cannot go. What did he say? He said, they have the what? They have who? 
the prophets. They have the prophets, they have the pastors, they have the teachers. Amen? But despite the fact that they have the prophets and they have the teachers, the prophets are sitting here, the teachers are sitting here, and the teachers have forgotten or are blinded to the fact that there's a place called hell. We blinded to the fact that there's a place called hell. And so we pastor people and their focus is never to heaven. I told you the story of the pastor in Nigeria, a member in the church. They had a pastor who was always telling them about heaven, telling them about the fact that it's a place called hell, and always preparing them righteousness, live right. Then the pastor was changed. The next one who came, always business. But the one who came, I didn't know the first part, the second one I knew very well because it was a CEO of some business, you know. Somebody who mediated between the governor and individuals for contracts. So always business, 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 business. And the member said, since this new pastor came, since this new pastor came, we've forgotten about heaven. We've forgotten about the fact that there's a place called hell. And so number one, we are blinded to hell and we are blinded to heaven. And because of that blindness, we are not fruitful. Because of that blindness, we are not leading people to the place where we have to lead them to. We are only considering just their life here. Even their life here, we are not doing well. How much more heaven? So number one, we are blinded. Number two, he said what? We cannot see afar off. So that's the next thing. You are just in your community. And you're happy with your community. You're happy with your surroundings. You're happy with your small church. You cannot see the fact that, look, your church can go far. You cannot see the fact that there is somebody else in the next town. We sat here as, as, as Guineans and people came over the sea and came to discover us. <laughs> there are people that you also have to discover in the next town. Amen. There are people you also have to discover in the next area. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. We should not be very, we should not be short-sighted. Short-sightedness is not a good thing. When you are short-sighted, you can read. Is that not the case? Because you can see close by. Short sight. But you can't see afar off. Myopia. You can't see afar off. You can only see what is in front of you. You can't see afar off. And when you can't see afar off, you are what? Unfruitful. And then what is the last one? You've forgotten. You've forgotten how you yourself were saved. You see, I have not forgotten the songs that we sang in Scripture Union. That we have, have another world in view. I have not forgotten it. And because that my focus is to take us. I'm not satisfied when people just give their life to Christ. Because I've seen thousands who give their life to Christ who don't amount to anything. And we are full of sick people in our churches. Because we've forgotten how we ourselves were brought to where we are. We've forgotten how we became pastors. We've forgotten how we were difficult and people were chasing us about. We've forgotten how today we became stable. That today we can, be, we can also be pastors. We've forgotten how even coming to a conference like this, we were very stubborn to come. 
That you have to be coerced and several things. In the same way, the people that we have in our church, we forgot that the way we behave is the same way that they also behave. We forgot it. Now, those are things that are negative. But it says that if these things be in you. So today I want us to look at one or two things that if they are in you. Amen? Are you here? Are you sure you are here? Say to your neighbor, open your eyes. Say, open your eyes. Amen. He said, if these things be in you. I'm reading from Second Peter again from chapter 1. Verse 5. And it says, And beside this, giving all diligence, hallelujah, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you. All that Bishop Ogo has been trying to teach us in this conference is for certain things to be in us. Amen. To be where? In us. In our hearts. So these things, it doesn't have to be somewhere else, but if they are inside of us. You can put a very old car on the road here. Put a battery inside. The battery is working and it starts. The car can go very far. You can put my nice car, the same here, remove the battery, and it will take a lot of people to push it to move. Because the thing to move the car is not in the car. It's not where? In the car. So if these things don't get into us, our coming here will become useless will not have any effect on anybody. It will be as if we've not been anywhere because it is not in us. And so here, scripture is saying, if these things be in us, hallelujah, you can have a car with small fuel inside. There's fuel inside. And you move, before you read the Kodesh, your fuel is finished. It was inside. But it wasn't inside in abundance. Say abundance. That's why I said, if these things be in you. You see, if these things are not in you, it will only take you up to a point. Just like the passive person. It will take you up to a point and then it finishes. We behave like uh, Uber drivers. We behave like taxi drivers. One gallon, one gallon. That's all we buy. One gallon. One gallon. That's all we buy. One gallon shepherds. One gallon pastors. One gallon can only take you a small distance. An Uber driver, a taxi driver, you take a customer and then you drive to the filling station because he has told you he's going from Kanishi to Adenta so you can see that you can charge 20 cities so then you go and buy 10 cities or 5 cities into it. It's not abounding in you. Before we leave there, these things must abound in us. And the way for these things to, you see, if these things be in you, so you receive it as you are here. But I say, and abound. The abounding is when you live here. 
I said the abounding is when you live here. Listening to this thing seven more times. That is how come it will be now abounding in you. There are many people who are here who these things will not even go into them. But I pray that it will go into you. Because without the thing being in you, it cannot even abound. And so I'm praying that something will go into us. I'm praying that something will be in us. And then when we go back, the thing you do when you go back, that is what brings the abundance. That is what brings the abundance. That is what brings the abundance. My nephew, when he was a small boy, when the driver picks him from school, my sister gives the driver money to buy fuel. So they drive to the finish station, then you buy and they go. You drive to the finish station, you buy and go. One day, my sister was in the car. And as soon as they got to the finish station, the small nephew, two years old, sitting behind the car, is a gallon. He said, what? Gallon. <laughs> because when the driver gets there, all he says is gallon. Because my sister giving him money for five gallons or six gallons or to fill the tank. But when he gets there, he said gallon. So whilst he was in the car and he also got there, the boy knew or he knows that every time you get to that point, all you say is gallon. And then they put gallon inside. And so we have become like gallon Christians. I said, we become like gallon pastors. And gallon cannot take you far. He said, if these things be in you. And he never stopped there. And abound. And I'm saying that the way for the thing to be in you is what, how you have prepared your heart to receive here. But what you receive here will not take you far. I said, what we receive here will not take you far. Have you been to conferences? Have you not been to conferences? Eh? Have, is this your first conference you have attended? Have you, have you been to ISI? Give thyself holy. Have you been to all these conferences? Yes. But when we go, all that happens is that either nothing, nothing happened to us or some things be in us. And after they are in us, that's the end of it. It, it, it even finishes before you reach home. I say it finishes before you reach home. We should stop being gallon Christians and being gallon pastors. Amen. I say we stop being gallon Christians and being gallon pastors. If these things be in you and abound and abound, may these things abound in us. I say may these things abound in us. You know something I've discovered. Look, by the grace of God, I'm not bereft of ideas. By the grace of God. I'm not bereft of ideas. Every time I'm praying for the church, the Holy Spirit just gives me ideas. 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 And I share with my people, let's do this. They do it one, two, three weeks, and then it ends. And I'm seeing that this is the scripture. The thing goes in them, but it doesn't abound. It goes in them, it doesn't abound. And when it doesn't abound, there's only very little you can do with it. And very little does not yield any results. Very little does not give you any, any satisfactory results. I said, if these things be in you, if these things be in you, if these things be in you, and abound, it is the abounding 
as is the abounding. That's why we talk about soaking in the message. And when you read the mega church, there are levels of soaking. Amen. I said, what? There are levels of soaking. (laughs) Amen. Give me a mega church. I'm sure there's a copy here. There are levels of soaking. Thank you. Ah, the way you are jumping on the stage, just like you do when you are with Bishop. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you see, when he's, he's, he's not jumping on the stage to please anybody. For Bishop to know that he, you know, he's running to bring books. <laughs> hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. Amen. the spirit we have to allow these things to abound in us amen I said amen I said amen the ministry spirits. That's in um, how I came to be anointed. Yeah? I just want us to look at it where it will help us. Amen? Amen? How I came to be anointed. These anointing books. Shall we go? Where's how I came to be anointed? talks about the various levels of soaking in a message. Amen. There are levels that you soak the message where, you know, you can't even remember what you get to a level when you soak the message where you can even reproduce the message. And until you get to the level where you can live and reproduce the message, you have not reached there. Are you with me? So he said that if these things be in you and abound, it's only when the things abound in us that they begin to have an effect. But if they don't abound in us, it doesn't do anything. Now when you see a pregnant woman, you say the person is abounding in something, very full of something. And that is what we have to be, very full of something. Amen? If this is be an abound, say they make you that ye shall neither be barren. 
Hmm? Nor unfruitful. Hallelujah. You will not be barren in souls. You will not be barren in membership. You will not be barren in a large church. You will not be barren in, in, in a good church. But then the things have to be in you and abound. Now it talks about some positive traits. We looked at the negative traits the other day. Now I want to look at the positive traits. The things that have to be in you. And I want to just tackle one of them today. Are you with me? It's kind of anointing. Chapter 3. Hallelujah. There are things called positive traits. We looked at negative traits yesterday. Hmm? The first negative trait we looked at was the fact that you are blind, you are short-sighted, and then you are forgetful. I want to look at positive traits today. Are you with me? The scripture shows us that if you have certain things in you, okay, you will not be barren. If you have certain things in, things in you, you will not be barren. It's a very, let me turn it back. Such an old one. <laughs> if you are certain things in you, you'll not be barren. You will not be unfruitful. You will not be unproductive. I worked in farm milk some years back. And in the morning they filled the tanks with a lot of sugar, a lot of powdered milk. And a lot of butter. Oil. They feel ice cream is oil. Ice cream is sugar, milk, and oil. Oh, yes. <laughs> ice cream is and then color, flavor. They feel the tongue, so the tongues are pregnant with these things. <laughs> so every shift has pregnant tongues of oil sugar and milk very pregnant then as the shift begins they give, begin to give birth to ice cream ice cream they just begin to give birth because all the ingredients you see before you produce something you have to have raw materials and the raw materials should be fruitful the raw materials to be productive are the things that are listed there. So without those raw materials being in abundance, you cannot be fruitful. Your shifts will not end and all the things will finish. But when they are full, your shift, by the time, by the end of your shift, there are still things inside. And they are refilled for the next shift. But many of things don't abound in us and therefore our productivity is just short-lived. We go short and then we we are not able to continue. Are you with me? It is positive traits in someone's personality that causes him to break out of unfruitfulness. We've been talking about poverty eh? And the research indicates that it's personal traits in individuals. 
is something about you, something personal. So you also have to take it personal. So as we are here, Bishop Go is teaching us, but you have to take it personal. It's not a general trait here. I'm sitting here, I'm taking things personally. It's a personal trait. Amen. So there are personality traits that makes you either fruitful or unfruitful. There are personality traits. And that's how come somebody will be given something to do. He can't do it. Somebody else takes over and it's something else. It's blossoming. It's a personality trait. I say it's a personality trait. And some of these personality traits, you may not be born with it, but you can learn it. I say you may not be born with it, but you can learn it. So stories like, oh, I am this, I am phlegmatic, I am this. It is not true. I say what? It is not true. Oh, me, I was born cool. It is not true. You have six children. Were you cool to give birth to those six children? You are not cool. But how come when it comes to the ministry, then you are cool? The excitement with which you gave birth to the six children, if it is coolness. In fact, I've seen somebody who is cool like that before. <laughs> this man joined our church in Nigeria and we gave him a wife. I've never seen somebody like that before. Even in the Bible. Onan cry is better. Onan at least did something but couldn't finish. But this man, on the day before his wedding, he didn't have wedding, 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 wedding suits. As I have not seen some before. Beautiful. <laughs> Bishop Ogo, we had to arrange wedding suit for him on the day before his wedding. Wow. If I mentioned the one who even gave him a suit, you know the person. Reverend Edmund, Edmund Lawson. He gave him a suit. So it's not like I'm saying a story. The man going to marry. Yes, the following day. Beautiful. Because we gave him a wife. So like, yes. <laughs> Must give him a suit. That's passivity. In fact, that one is not positive too. It's negative positivity. I mean, he has not reached. He has not reached the point. He has not reached the point to even start. So after the wedding, everything. So where are you taking your wife? We have to arrange a guest house for him at the junction of the mission house. So after we are in two nights. After the two nights, where are you taking your wife? You wouldn't believe it. His senior brother, who has a chamber hall, that he is inside with his wife, and he was took his wife to the living room of the chamber hall. See, you say, ah, but that is how some of us are. We have not even started for us to be passive. <laughs> After many attempts, the wife went to see a doctor that they are trying to get pregnant. He said, bring your husband. He will not go. Lack of motivation. I mean, I've not seen somebody who is, I mean, those words are very mild. Those words are very mild. Very, very mild. I have a pastor who starts church service and 
I mean, one service starts around almost 12 o'clock. One service. Not far from Kodesh. Yes, I know. I discovered it starts around almost 12 o'clock. Meanwhile, he's a chartered accountant and he said, disgrace to the accounting profession. If he's listening to me, I'm telling him. 12 noon, that's when they start service. So he goes, there's something that is lacking in the person. That's why he said, if these things be in you, because the person has been to Titus in Crete, he has come for review, he's been told what to do, but the thing is not in him. If it's not in you, there's nothing. You'll be like that car that has no battery. It has to be pushed. It has to be pushed from here to Adenta. Because it has no battery. External inputs. As your body is what? It's in a state of rest. Unless an external force is applied to it. That's extreme passivity. So we are looking at something that it says that certain characters that if they are in us, they will make us fruitful. They will not make us barren. And I'm saying that we're not born with it, but you can learn it. Is it when the Bible says that if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. It applies to our temperaments too. That's what I believe. That if you're a lazy person, if you are, if you are phlegmatic, if you're in Christ, that should change. Because there's nothing not like spirit of phlegmatism. <laughs> Amen. So he said, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. It means that that person is something else than what he used to be. It's not only that you have stopped fornicating. I mean, aren't born again both fornicating? So I believe that it can cover every aspect of our lives. Every aspect of our lives. Our temperaments. Look, I was a very shy person. I've told you. But do I look like a shy person now? (laughs) I was a very fearful person. But do I look like a fearful person now? I don't. Today, Bishop Ogo is saying I'm humble. I don't think that I was a humble person. <laughs> really? My wife, if he tells me, my wife told me that the way you just brush people off, and, and that's, that's, that's a sign of pride. That when you see people who cannot do something, look, I mean, come, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like a man, 43 year old, you are not, you have not married. I mean, it just, if you reach me, it just gets. <laughs> It just annoys me. And so I also began to work on myself that if I am in Christ, I'm a new creature. It means the things that are good, okay? The things that are good, I can learn them. When I married my wife, the first time my wife cried, I said, hey, because I thought I was very loving. I said, I thought I was very loving until my wife cried. I said, hey, is that how bad I am? To make somebody's daughter cry, I am very, very bad. And just like you said, self-examination, I began to study on myself. The Lord led me when I went. I don't know what I told you this year when I went on missions in Nigeria. I've never in my life lived with people. My father brought us up. 
by the grace of God, we had a home. Parents, siblings were living there. After I married the saints, by the grace of God, I have a home. Myself, my wife, and our children. She was going to live in a mission house with six flats. <laughs> they have neighbors. That somebody could just, I was a senior pastor amongst them. Somebody could just come into my house and take my wife's bread knife. I mean, one day I was, I sent my houseboy to go and buy plantain to come and fry clearly for me. Now I was looking at my husband, I couldn't find him. One of the missionaries saw my houseboy frying Kilewele. He had sent him to go to go and buy plantain for him to come and fry Kilewele for him. I couldn't stand it. I said, what is this? So I told my wife, you know, I think we have to go and rent a place and leave the mission house. No, seriously. The Lord told me, you don't have to go. Study 1 Corinthians 13 about love. So I'm saying that you don't need to be born with these traits. There are things that you can be determined to learn them. Amen. The Lord led me to study 1 Corinthians 13. He said, when you see somebody, woman, you say, oh, I love you. Don't say, I love you. To your wife, again. say, I'm patient with you. Because love is patient. Don't say, uh, what, I'll not keep, rec- I'll love you. But say, I'll not keep record of the evil, the, the food that wasn't ready always. That's love. That's love. So the Lord led me to study about love. Kind to you. I'll be kind to you. Though you have not done your hair and I'm annoyed, I'll still be kind to you. One day I was driving from home going to the Kodesh to work. My wife also works at the Kodesh. And I have warned there, when you sit on the motorway, go all the way to Tema and go and turn. Don't pass through the median when people create roads. You know how people create roads? Anybody tells you, I say, I will do it. She says, I mean, she tell me <laughs> defiantly, I will do it. She's, not she will, even, she will tell me that I will do it. I mean, I'll, I'll, go, the, I'll go to the median. So I warned her, when any of my children are in the car, don't do it. One day she left home, she, was, she had gone. And I also left home. I think 30 minutes later. And as I sat on the motorway, I was going, I saw she had made a U-turn and she was, yeah, she told me she would do it. Then I went to turn, I went to Tema and turned and came. But when I came, her car was parked there with a policeman. So I slowed down and waved at her. <laughs> That's how wicked I was. <laughs> I slowed down and I just waved at her. And I, I, I didn't stop. I mean, that's, that's how I was. But I realized that, look, you can't marry happily. You can't pastor people happily with such a behavior. Amen? Oh, I slowed down and gave her a, a love wave, wave <laughs> a wave offering. <laughs> and I just carried on. I mean, she came to work. I didn't even ask anything. <laughs> I didn't say, what happened? No, I didn't ask. I wasn't interested. That's how I was. I feel when I say A and 
You say, be okay. You say, be, then do your beef. Something happens up to you. But then you cannot be such a person. You cannot be a pastor. You cannot be a successful pastor and have such traits. Have such characteristics. So I have to learn them. So I'm saying to you that these positive characteristics I'm going to share with you, I'll say just one or two. There are things that you can learn. Learn it. You can learn. Amen? It's only lazy people, as we've been, we've been told this morning, who are not interested in a better life, are not interested to see better things, who will not learn. Oh, so me, I'm like this. Oh, I've been like this uh, for now I'm 53. I can't. No, 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 no. If these things be in you and abound, they make you. There are things that are going to be in you in this conference and when you go back they are going to abound in you I said they are going to abound in you I said they are going to abound in you hallelujah that is what will make you fruitful amen that will give you that's what will give you the large church that you are looking for that's what will give you the congregation you are looking for hallelujah amen it says these positive traits are identified in the word of God. Not in graphic. Amen? They are the personal traits that will make anyone rich. You become rich in souls. Amen? Because barrenness in the ministry means that you don't have fruits. Barrenness in the ministry means that there's no activity in your church. There are the personal traits that will make anyone rich. The personal traits must be identified. So I want to identify them. Encouraged. And developed in you. So that you can become he that hath. Because before... Be without becoming he that hath, you cannot have more. It's the one who have souls that will have more souls. It's the one who have shepherds who have more shepherds. It's the one who have more pastors who can have more pastors. Is that the case? Yes. So you need to have something first. And I'm saying here that there are positive traits that will make you have. And will make you have more. Let me give you these positive traits. Number one is diligence. Diligence. The reason you were in the last conference and you heard a lot of things which you are not doing now is because of lack of diligence. That's the reason. But it's not your first conference. And you've heard many things. Some of the things you are hearing today, you've heard it before. Now I'm saying the reason you are not seeing what you are expecting to see is as a result of lack of diligence. Number two, faith. Your faith is only in earthly things and not in the things of God. You can have faith to marry, but you don't have faith to raise pastors in your church. 
You can have faith to impregnate a woman. But you don't have faith to impregnate shepherds and make them fruitful. Next is virtue. Then knowledge. We've been talking a lot about knowledge. (laughs) So I will not touch it. In fact, the piece of knowledge is so wild, I tell you. Temperance. Patience. You need a lot of patience for your church to grow. (laughs) Because let me tell you, the many are called who you are going to call, they will fail the first time. They will fail several times. I'm telling you. They will fail several times. And if you don't have patience with people, you always drive them away from you. And that's something I learned when I was learning 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Because I'm a very, I was, I can't say I am, I was a very, am I not patient? She's one of my main pastors. I've been very patient with her. (laughs) Amen. Look, now I'm even in the church, I feel like I'm I'm phlegmatic. God, there are pastors who are doing things that by now, I should have sacked them and I just look at them. I have some two pastors. They are buried somewhere. They will not do, they will not come to church. So I, I was sending people to go and start churches. And I paid the two of them to go and start church. I mean, I knew they would fail. But I want them to taste how frustrating it is to behave the way they behave. So I paid the two of them go and start a year ago all the six pairs have members some have 20 some have 30 some have 40 they have zero a year ago they have zero i said everybody send the pictures of your congregation they they send a picture they were standing by some whether it was kelly or orange cellar the two of them were standing there with some two boys standing there and when I saw it, I just laughed. <laughs> because I knew what I was doing. <laughs> I'm just being patient with them. Everybody has a church. Everybody has a The list has about 18 members. The list. <laughs> they don't even have a building where the church will meet. In their picture. I said, I need a picture. Everybody send picture today. Otherwise, that's your end as a pastor. So they have to send a picture. Starting by some table, whether they're selling oranges or whatever, I don't know. (laughs) Very patient. Amen. And I'm believing God that one day they can also do something. I don't know what they can do. (laughs) Recently, one of them is, okay, I said, you go and lead the potters. At least they are there from distance and they are praying with them. At least you're also praying some. (laughs) Just patience. This, this will not be in my previous life. <laughs> but I learned that love is what? Patience. So tell my wife, I love you. So I'm patient with you. I'm just patient with you. Yes. Last week I sent my wife a message about something I'm not happy about. Send a message. Then replied, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I was just laughing. Because that's not me. Are you with me? But I have learned to be. And I'm saying there are positive traits 
that will make you fruitful, but you also have to learn. And don't say you were not born like that. Now, positive trait number one. Diligence. I think that this is one particular thing that traits that if you are going to imbibe, you are going to receive, it will change your life, it will change your ministry. Because one thing I've noticed, if all my pastors were diligent, I'm telling you, I would have, but I would have a very large church. At least Kodesh would be about 10,000. Because ideas, ideas, the Holy Spirit have brought them. But it's done three, four months, and then when you take your eyes off, no, <laughs> it stops. So diligence is something that when you don't apply, nothing of yours will go for Imagine you are building. You buy blocks and things, and then what, what, I mean, from time to time you stop buying the blocks. You know, you forget about it, and then you might maybe invest in clothing. <laughs> the house will not go on. Then you invest in partying. You think, oh, there must be happiness every weekend. You know, you invite people to the house to party. The house will not go on. Because you are not focused and you are not diligent on the project of building a house. In the same way, you are a choir leader and you are not diligent in building the choir. When pastor comes and shouts one, two, three, and then he goes, you do it for three weeks and that is the end of it. You are not diligent. Now let's look at the meaning of diligence. So diligence is defined... Is the persistent. That's the first word. The persistent and relentless effort by an individual to solve a problem. What problem do you want to solve? You want to solve the problem of a small church. You want to solve the problem of a church that you alone, you are the superman there. There is nobody else helping you. That's the problem you want to solve. You want to solve the problem of having many, many, many people who are called in your church. You want to solve the problem of having the young people in church being diverted to do something. By the grace of God, my young people, they went to Laboni Secondary School to do a crusade. Yes. It's, it was a powerful crusade. On their own. Sunday, I saw them collecting, they brought tortoise and picking them <laughs> equipments. So where are you going? So we are going to Laboni Secondary School Sunday afternoon. When a pastor is sitting with his wife eating lunch at home. Sunday afternoon, I'll show you pictures. On their own, On their own nobody sent them. It just reminded me of when I was even younger than them. When every holidays we spent in villages just evangelizing people on their own. I stay at Kaneshi. I always walk from Kaneshi to circle for meetings and walk back. Today, people cannot walk a short distance to go to church. We are breeding idiots. We are breeding, um, excuse me to use the word, cripples in our churches. We are breeding disabled in our churches. Spiritual disabled people, that's what we are breeding in our churches. Disabled always have to be helped. Because of their inability, they always need them. That's what we are doing in our churches. Building people who only just rely on us, but don't do anything for God. 
And because you are the only one doing something, so you think you are Superman. Maybe what you are doing to you is not enough. Can never be enough. So diligence is a relentless. Give me the meaning of relentless. Number one is a persistent and relentless effort by an individual to solve a problem. To overcome difficulties and to accomplish great things. The persistent, it means that you are persisting on it. You know, you have three things to do. Number one, you have to solve problems. Number two, you have to overcome difficulties. And number three, you want to accomplish great things. So you apply something relentlessly and persistently. Persistence means that you don't give up until number one, you have overcome, you have solved the problem. Number two, you have overcome the difficulties. And number three, you have achieved great things. But we do one, two, then we stop. But we are like that car with a battery that has been taken out. It must be pushed. And how many people can push a car from here to Adenta? You get tired. Are you with me? You get tired. You see the semi pictures. Look at a thousand standing there. And look at this. It's a, it's a student. Look. That's a crowd. He's a student. I wasn't there. I was also doing my whatever I was doing at the Kodesh. It's a student. Thousands. Thousands. So, my brothers, we need diligence in raising the church. The effort people go through when they marry and the child is not coming. Go and study that and you know what diligence is. Amen? Look, the moment the phone came on, people are calling. I'm sure my wife heard her name. That's why she's calling me. <laughs> she had her name, so she was calling me. She was watching. <laughs> hey, you are talking about me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So it's a persistent. Okay? When you, you, when you persist at something, you know, you're not stopping. And what do you want to achieve? Number one, you want to solve problems. You want to solve the problem of your small numbers in your church. The problem that's the problem you want to solve. The problem of your small numbers. So what it means that you persist, you continue until you see large numbers. Amen. And number two, you want to overcome the difficulties in your church. So when the uh, uh, the uh, choir, choir is singing, it's as if like you have organized some hundred cockroaches in a in a, in a, in, a, in a barrel and they are making noise. You want to solve that problem. I told my church, sing you this song. Sing the song that Bishop has written. That's what the church taught you to sing in the church. Of course, once in a while, you can sing, you know, song that First Love also plays, but it's not a song written by him. So I, sing, I said, sing 99% you this songs. 
We had a program and I was sitting down. The choir sang one. So what song is this? It wasn't you, but it was nice. The song that Bishop likes. Then the second song, they started another one. I said, what is this? In the middle of the song, I stopped them. And I called the one conducting. I said, are you, are you out of your mind? That's all I said. Are you out of your mind? She herself changed the song and they started singing. Because I'm the pastor of, I'm the pastor of the church. Do you understand? You sing what I like. So until I've solved the problem, eh? The problem of you not singing what I like, I will not stop. You can say what you like about me. I don't care. You can say what you like about me. Recently, I sent one of my bishops to go around our churches visiting. He went to two of our branches and they were singing hymns, holding a Methodist hymn book. Could you, can you believe it? It's not true. It's not true. They were, they were not just ho- singing, but they were holding. <laughs> I said, I have failed. Wow. Immediately, I sent a message to all the head pa- brand pastors. If I hear any sad thing again from anywhere, they were holding. It's a disgraceful thing to say. They were holding Methodist hymn book. I'm not alone. And they were singing. I don't think it's happening anywhere in UD. <laughs> the Kodesh branch. I have a branch with a table and a bell. <laughs> I think we should close. <laughs> a table. <laughs> is that lace? <laughs> and a bell. <laughs> Look. The fact that we are standing here and coordinating or being the resource people for this program doesn't mean we have 100% excellent churches. Not at all. That's why we are here. Amen. And everything we are saying, not that we have done, no, but we are doing. <laughs> yes, we are doing. I'm here to see a table and a bell. <laughs> That's not that we have done, but we are doing. So we are doing it together. Amen. And I'm saying that the delete, what you need to apply to see what you want to see in your church is the diligence. Amen. It's a persistence that you have to apply. You identify what you want to achieve and you persist until you see it. You persist until you see it. You follow it up until you see it. When you have not seen it, you don't stop. You keep at it. I say you keep at it. You keep going. You keep until you have seen, unless you are blind. And you have not seen or you have not set anything for yourself. But you set it because you say it's what? To solve a problem. You don't sleep by a problem. You want a good life. You want a good church. Look at us we sit here. Look at the music that is coming out of here. You think it is earth, wind and fire that has come to do the settings here. Yesterday, my one in charge of my music, my he, 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 I said, they should, Why is he in the house? What is he doing in the house? When there's nice music like that, what is he doing in the house? You should come here and also 
learn something. So they've been coming to learn. I called the pastor in charge of that campaign. Come. He's been coming every day. Oh, yes. He's been coming every day. And you, you have come alone. I said, you have come alone. Last week, my son is in first love. I invited him with Asida. Come. And I called all the stars. The soloists. They were with them. I gave them the place. My own office. They were with them for three, four hours. Teaching them. Yes. Teaching them, giving them tips here and there. Because I want a good life. I want to sit in the church and hear something good. That's the problem I want to solve. Are you with me? Are you understanding? That's the problem I want to solve. And I am on it. I am on it. I am on it until I've seen. Yesterday I met um, either Jolene or Keza. I was saying, look, when are they also coming? I told him, couldn't came the other day. When are they coming? They said, oh, but the other day we came, we heard your, the, your, your people, they are very good. I said, mm. I mean, I was happy, but mm. oh, but they can be better. <laughs> they can be better. Until they've gotten to you, then you can not tell me they are very good. There's a problem to be solved always. Don't tell me there are no problems in your church. There are problems in your church. And there are problems in my church. And what will eradicate those problems is persistent and relentless. Relentless means that you are not resting. You are not resting. How come you use your church building only Sundays? How come by four o'clock the church the place is empty? Meanwhile, songs have been sung that you didn't like. We should not sleep when we have problems. See what Bishop Ogo saw at in, 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 in France last week. And what they were saying is amazing. That the people are planning the equipment that they're going to use in 30 years. And the one you used last year, you have no work on it. The one you used last year, that wasn't good. You have not worked on it. And somebody is using something very good today. And is planning the 30 years one. Can you see the problem we have? Hmm? Can you see the problem we have? The people who are doing these things, they don't know also, are they also engineers? Don't we have engineers? And they draw this thing. It's amazing though. I did physics. I did, I did physics up to A level. I think university first year, so I don't know much. But they draw these things. And the better read the thing they have drawn, it is real and it is it is real. It's amazing. It doesn't take sleeping, it doesn't take resting. It takes diligence, it takes persistence, it takes relentlessness. Amen. To solve problems, to overcome difficulties. Look, if you look at France, you may think that difficulty may be um, um, Islamic fundamentalists and all those things. So, because of that, they put all their resources in fighting Islamic fundamentalists and those things. That, 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 that is not their problem. You know, in South Africa, when they got independence, you know what the whites did. The whites left the blacks to run the government and they were running the economy. 
You don't eat government, you eat economy. Yeah. If you prosper from government money, it will finish in your hands. It's only six now. And they were running the economy. Unless you don't have problems in your church. Unless there are not difficulties to be overcome. There are difficulties. One day I was there and I saw Bishop's stage. I didn't see any instruments and things like that. And then when I come to the Kodesh, at the center is drums with a box around it with trees. <laughs> of course, <laughs> it was powerful when it was done. Okay, moving on. So one day, I, in fact, I was in Singapore. We're in Singapore. A place where Bishop preached. In fact, we all went there that day. What's the name of that? Is it Dominic or something? Dominic. Yes. And I was looking at his stage. It's a beautiful. There, I took a, screen, a, 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 a picture. I was there. What service was going on Sunday? And I sent it to Accra, to my guys. I said, <laughs> by the time I come back, <laughs> by the time I come back, I don't want to see anything on the stage. They said, oh. I said, look, by the time I come back, there should be nothing on the stage. I am coming for us to arrange what we should put on the stage. By the time I came back, there was nothing on the stage. One old pastor who was there years ago, he came. He said, hey, Bishop Lee is brave. <laughs> my father has moved on. And I should keep trees on my stage. <laughs> when he doesn't have trees on his stage, there are problems to be solved. And you need diligence. Amen. You need to be persistent and relentless. Otherwise, you cannot solve it. Any problem that can be solved today should not be left for tomorrow. Any problem that can be solved today, don't leave it for tomorrow. And that's how come we have so much rubbish in our churches. Because you've come to church on Sunday, there's a problem. Okay, when we come next week Sunday, we'll work on it. Why? It says to solve problems, to overcome difficulties, and to accomplish great things. You are going to accomplish great things. I say you are going to accomplish great things. I'm always trying something in the church as the Holy Spirit gives me direction always trying something. I used to have the church was in six regions. I've broken the church into 12 regions. I've broken the regions into three councils. Each bishop, you have one council. Cannot be, they say, you are my assistant and then what are you doing? So everybody has a council. And I check the attendance that I am targeting by the end of 2024. Eh? Attendance I'm targeting by the end of 2024. And I've shared it amongst the three bishops. Uh, bringing those to me. I said, that's a medium, short to medium term target. <laughs> I checked current attendance about 2005. And we have a 10,000 attendance. But I'm saying that in the short to medium, I want 5,000. So whatever you are doing now, everybody is doubling theirs. 
by the end of 2024 broke it into councils broke it into everybody has a type, something to do why do you think many are called why do you think many are called and you see when you give things to people to do they become excited when people begin to do things and they begin to see results they also know that they, they can do something I'm telling they also know they can do something amen they also know they can do something four things you should know about diligence number one diligence is a personal trait that makes a person rich diligence is what we are saying that many are called and the call is to fruitfulness amen the call is not to just come and rest but it's a call to fruitfulness hallelujah and I'm saying diligence is a personal trait it's a personal trait that makes a person rich you become rich in souls your church become rich in resources are you understand what I'm saying I thank God about our prophets. You know, three years ago, two or three years ago, yes, I was given a job of building 12 cathedrals. <laughs> and I thought, oh, we'll finish the cathedrals, roofed, everything done, electricals, you know, as for tiring, they can do it later. They recently visited the Kodesh. There's tiles here. You have to tile the cathedrals. <laughs> and put a fence wall around the cathedral and do their compound. <laughs> Twelve of them. Well, of course, I finished two already. I finished Odan, I finished Swedru. Now I have ten in the water region. In addition to that, there are three cathedrals that are in my denomination. Which Bishop started and said, Niaje, take over. <laughs> Not go and tell him that bishop the 12 you know alone are enough no there's a problem to be solved and what will make that problem solved what will make that now I have so I finished two so now I have 10 plus 3 that I'm doing 13 you started with 3 3 years ago with 12 3 years down and it has increased to 13 not because you have not done anything you have finished some but it has increased are you going to complain? There is a problem. There is something to be overcome. There is a difficulty. Now, take, it takes diligence. Diligence to do it. Negotiating, you see? Negotiating with welders. Negotiate. Initially, when we started doing the doors, I went to take pictures of some of these doors. I went to visit AA, these powerful doors. And they gave me estimate. Each one, each cathedral was like a two hundred sixty thousand. Bishop said, "I'm going to doors." Bishop said, "I'm going to help you with the doors." So I said, "The bill two point six million." See, you are mad. <laughs> you are mad. And I thought about it. What are you doing? Need this Accra type of doors? No. They can need a lesser type of door. Amen? 
I had to step down to about 100,000. Now finish all the doors by now. I'm telling you. It's cathedral, the doors, the every odd door and windows. Things. So any problem that has to be solved, you need diligence to solve it. You need persistence to solve it. People are building houses in the water region. They are not... <clears throat> one pastor gave us an estimate. means that he had to drive a tipper track from water region to Shire Hills to come and buy stones and take back. He said, those in water region, are they coming to Shire Hills to buy stones? I didn't know using stones that they find on the floor in the water region. So, hey, look, there are huge problems in ministry. Huge problems in ministry. Bishop Ogo is building how many cathedrals? I'm doing eight cathedrals. Well done. He's building eight cathedrals, and they're not small cathedrals. Sizes, huge cathedrals. Amen? Because after he has finished his cathedral, eh, he now has to help build others. Because me too, I'm sitting in a cathedral where it was built for me. And I always tell the congregation, Look at this nice place you are sitting. Is it not selfish that we have churches that are meeting at our trees and people are contributing, people are helping, and we are building? Hallelujah. I say, Hallelujah. Every problem can be overcome by diligence and persistence. And it says, Diligence is a personal trait that makes a person rich. So it's a personal trait. It means that you can learn it. Amen. I said, you can learn it as an individual. Are you understanding? You can learn it. It, become, it becomes... And you see, one thing that is great about the ministry, that the thing that you learn in the ministry, you only don't use it in the ministry alone. If you are diligent in running your church, you'll be diligent in running your house. Yeah. You'll be diligent in running your family. Amen. And so it's not just you being diligent to uh, bring riches to the church, but riches for yourself also. Almost every rich person is a diligent person. Almost every rich person. Have you seen a rich, prosperous businessman who leaves his business at 5 p.m.? It's a bit stupidity to leave at 5. I'm just going to spend two hours in traffic. So you see you that you think that you are doing somebody, so you leave at 5. Because Akba, see, you don't have sense. The man, he will stay in his office. I mean, usually when I, I'm at the Kodesh, I mean, I don't leave five. What, why would I live at five? I would rather go and pray. The next, I live at nine. When they just straight home. So you who think you are wise, so Akbar, so you leave. So you are not using your brain. And though you've gone to work from eight to nine, you are a passive person. Yeah. I like that demonstration on passivity. Every time he says the guy moves, then the guy moves. Stop, then he stops. He's not using his brain to do anything. He's not doing a little bit more than he's been asked to do. And it's like the man who was giving one talent in the parable of the talents. The man, you see, previously when I read about it, I said, but why, 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 why is he insulting the man? The man has not done anything wrong. Eh? You gave him something, say, oh, get the thing you gave me. Has he, has he stolen? Has he stolen? He has not stolen. He has to spot it. He's just retain it. I say, you are a wicked man. 
You are a wicked man. You deserve to go to hell. You are a slothful person. I've seen a documentary where a slot, that, uh, is it slag they call them? Eh? Slag, no, slot, that's slot. There's also a slag. A slag is like a snail. But slot, you know, a rodent. I've seen a documentary where huge traffic, police have stopped huge traffic because a slot is crossing the road. Takes his time. You can't be a slot in the ministry. Do you understand? Otherwise, leave the ministry. Otherwise, you become a disgrace to the core. And some of us, because of the way we are doing the ministry, our relatives wouldn't want our, their children to, 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 to also do the ministry. Yeah. Your relatives wouldn't want your children to do or their children to do. But when they look at you, you are so poor. I mean, what, what has God done wrong? Eh? I said, what has God done wrong? <laughs> the Bible says he has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 4. He be- I think we've gone through this scripture even today. He became a poor that dealeth with a slack hand. By the hand of the diligent make it rich. Amen. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand. By the hand of the diligent make it rich. You are coming out of poverty. I say you are coming out of poverty. Your ministry is coming out of poverty. For the past 17 years you have been meeting that wooden structure. You are coming out of it. I say you are coming out of it. You see, if you have sacrificed to have put up a building, eh? by now that building will attract more people. But that wooden structure is not attracting anybody. One day I told one of my pastors that if I live in this area, I will not come to your church. If I live in this area, I say you yourself that you are going to this church, it's not disgraceful to you that you are, you are, you are attending this church, you. I said, me, if I live in this area, I will not come to your church. I used to be in charge of missions. I used to travel to visit the missionaries. I said, if me, I'm leaving this country, there's no way I'll come to this church. There's no way I'll come to this church. Even if I have relatives there, I cannot recommend for them to go to that church. Because of the lazy pastor who is there. He said, almost every rich person is diligent hallelujah number two diligence is the personal trait that makes a person a leader you need to be strong to be a leader I was telling you from the book the governing book the first section where it talks about decision making many of us cannot take decisions and to be a leader, you have to be somebody who takes decisions. And you don't just take decisions and put them in the wardrobe, but you take decisions and implement them. I told you, we're just, we're just reading about this uh, Faithful Ministers Council uh, conference. That's not written. I said, look, look, let's, let's apply it immediately. Faithful ministers. Immediately we applied. I can show you another message that one of the pastors who attended sent to me. So it's very powerful. 
that one of our kind was ministering to us. It's different from when you have, you, you have taught the same thing. Say, aha. Uh-huh. Faithful ministers conference. Immediately, I said, let's apply. I was having a meeting and we're talking, we're, we're, we're thinking about the future of the Kodesh. What, what future do we have? Is that the future, okay, lies in the youth. Okay, so the youth, what youth do we have? We have QCC, their youth. We have Safe Church, their youth. We have this. I said, okay, immediately, what do we do about this, these places? QCC, they are doing well, so let's encourage them. Safe Church, we are not happy. I was going to say, say something. Let's change the leader. I've changed the leader already in my heart. I'm just waiting to confirm with one or two important people. So we immediately take a decision. And that's a leader. And you have to be a leader of your church. Amen? I said you have to be a leader in your church. Anything rises and falls on leadership. And that's why we are sitting in the country and everything is rising. Everything is falling. And leaders cannot see that it is their fault. I saw something yesterday and it's very interesting. Normally, I put it off crowd. Normally, when we begin to talk about this thing, somebody think you think you are insulting somebody, but it's very, very sad. But usually, when I see these things, I also bring it into my church. I bring it into the way I am doing things. It's not politicians, it's me. Are you understanding? I say it's not politicians, it's me. One day I was driving somewhere and I saw one of our churches, and the building was very dirty. I parked my car. The church, the pastor is not under me. He's also a bishop. He's not under me or anything. But I parked my car and called him. I said, I'm parked. I sit a place and I'm seeing your building. He said, disgrace. He said, disgrace. That they've given you such a building. You are sitting inside. He was going to give excuses. I said, no, stop giving excuses, please. That the income, you know, is, is gathered at some place. I said, look, what I'm saying is rubbish. It's a disgrace that you sit in a building with this sort of filth and debt. The next two following weeks I passed there, he has painted the place. He has painted the place. It's not my church, it's not under me. But I'm a bishop in the church. No, I'll not allow my father's name to be dragged into disgrace because of just an individual lazy leader. One slot. <laughs> Say diligence is a personal trait that makes a person a leader. Most leaders are rich and prosperous because they are ahead of everyone they lead. So if your church members are poor, it is your fault. If they are poor in spiritual things, it is your fault. If they are poor in material things, it is your fault. If they are poor maritally, it is your fault. Everything is your fault. (laughs) I say everything is your fault. Why should I be enjoying my marriage and then you are not enjoying your marriage? When I came to the college, I told my pastors that, look, I have a house. And there will come a time that if you don't have a house, when I call a meeting, don't come. 
said, if I call a meeting, don't come. Because I'll call a meeting and I'll be telling you about some nice things in my house. And then you'll be envying and saying things. So if it if it if it's like there's coming a time you don't have you don't have a house, don't come. Then I'm looking down the pole. I'm rebuking the lazy. I'm rebuking the lazy. We have children in first life who have built houses, who are building. And you have some that an adult who have worked for 20 years and he's staying in his mother's house in, uh, I don't want to mention the name of the place. <laughs> and then you attribute to money. But where in the Bible does it say that money builds houses? It says by wisdom is a house built. Amen? He said, when you say it, people think, ah, but what is he talking about? I was in Nigeria when one of my members came to see me. Long, I told a long story. When you are in a church in Nigeria, when you, somebody tells you a long story, the conclusion is money. So, long story, I wanted to hear the conclusion. He wanted me to help him because he has a land. And the chief said, if he doesn't start something on the land this weekend, they are taking the land away from him. I said, is that the case? He said, that's the case. So he wants money. So I said, what do you want from me? He said, money. I said, you know what? This weekend, Saturday morning at 8 o'clock, let's meet on the land. Let's meet where? On the land. So I organized one or two people with pickers. We are going to the land to start building. We arrived at the place. The guy didn't turn up. You say, I don't have money to build. I said, let's meet. We are doing ourselves. We are digging the whatever you want to do. We are, we are going to build. Let's meet there. He didn't turn up. And such a person will say, I'm in a church. I wasn't helped. Because I didn't give him money. But it's a lazy slot. Come and let's go and dig. Isn't the digging start? And I always ask people, to even imagine or draw on a paper the type of house you want to live in. Does it cost money? Is that not the beginning of building? So the Bible said, you know, by wisdom is a house built. Do you understand? It's the beginning of building. You sit down, you draw. I want two toilets, seven bedrooms. You draw it. Do you need money to do that? But the lazy person will tell you that there's, somebody is fighting with me over my land. The lazy person will tell you stories. I said, let's meet on the land Saturday, 8 a.m. He didn't turn up. They said, yeah, he didn't turn up. (laughs) Most leaders are rich and prosperous because they are ahead of everyone they lead. So strive to be ahead of the people you are leading. Amen? You are the head. So as you are leading, they will follow you. Do you understand? They will follow you. Since I've been to the Kodesh, I have a number of pastors who have gone to dedicate their homes. One of them was telling me, I'm her prophet. I don't know who told her that, but he said, I'm a prophet because I encourage her. I said, she can build. He said, many people who came to see her project discourage her. He said, ah, <laughs> but I went there, she has finished, and I went to dedicate it. And she's moved inside. Amen. Lead people to do things. 
Don't give up on them. Be persistent and relentless and lead them to do things by showing them the way, by being an example unto them. Lead them to do things. Lead them. Don't allow people to be lazy around you. And the way to do that is by yourself not being lazy. Because when you are lazy, you congregate lazy people around you. Proverbs 12, verse 24. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule, but the slothful shall be under tribute. So there are many people under us who are suffering because we ourselves have not risen up to be what God wants us to be. It's a very, 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 very good trait. Persistence. I'm saying that if there was persistence in the people I was leading, by now I have a larger church. And I'm, go- I'm going back to it. Oh, I'm going. I'm going back to it. I mean, if you are in Kodesh, you are listening to me. I'm a new man after I'm leaving this place. <laughs> As I'm a new man after I'm leaving this place. But those who say, Bishop, new small, new small, new the new one is now coming. After I've come to learn about passivity from here, from my big brother, after I've come to learn everything I've learned here, oh, I'm a different man. As I'm living here, a different man. As I'm living here, a different man. So like I was saying, I came here not to come and teach anything, but to come and receive. And I really receive as I've come here. I'm telling you, I, I'm, I'm not joking. It's not like I'm saying something nice. People who say nice things. I'm not that type who say nice things. <laughs> hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Amen. Traits number three. I'm thinking about four things you should know about diligence. And remember, we said diligence number one is a personal trait that makes a person rich. Do you want to be rich? I said, do you want to be rich? Do you want to be rich in souls? rich in your church finances do you want to be rich we look at our members and we say oh this boy they don't have money teach them that they have money and teach them that if you don't use the money for so so and so you use it for a b c d by all means you use it are you understand what i'm saying by all means, and teach them to give you see when you teach your people to for instance build Eh? because many people are renting houses imagine that the money you are used to rent is now available for you to chop ah. suddenly you become prosperous I was talking to one of my sons in the US and I'm working with him we are forcing for him to finish paying his mortgage we are forcing I said look let's force and finish it you'll be very very rich when you finish it I'm telling you you'll be very rich so let's push it. You have about three more years. Push. Let's target. Stop. You, are, you don't live any frivolous life. But whatever it is, push it. He said, I'm doing some... Com-. He works in a very good place. So I'm doing some computer course. So I'll do some night jobs. You know, computer, they send you the job you do. So I can push. Say, push. Because when you finish this mortgage, yeah, we'll be very, very rich. I'm telling you. <laughs> we'll be very, very rich. Every month, the money you are getting is for you. Teaching every month, the money you are getting is for you. Don't share with anyone, you don't share with anybody. 
any uh, institution. But most of us, if it rains two Sundays, you are in trouble. <laughs> As if it rains two Sundays, you are in trouble. That month's rains, the month's rain, you don't know where you get it from. But lead your church into prosperity. Hallelujah. If your church has a building today, eh, that building, what it cost you three years ago is far worth today. Where I live, I bought my land in year 2000, I think. Yes. And in those days, it cost about $5,000. In those days. It was a lot of money. But today, land just there is $70,000. Yes. In 22 years. Land. Land. $5,000. Today is $22,000. It's $70,000. So I'm saying that your church building, eh, build it. In a couple of years' time, you see the value of what this thing, this thing sitting here, do you think you can buy it? You think you can build this thing today? What it will cost you today to build this will be about five, ten times what it costs when you were building it. That's how he's a, he's a rich pastor. I said, That's how he's a rich pastor. And do you know why he's a rich pastor? Do you know how I got to know? Eh? He's building 10 cathedrals. That's what makes him a rich pastor. Because he has built this place. Are you with me? And you can also do it. I say, You can do it. I say, You can do it. You need one trait diligence. Diligence, persistence, not giving up, pushing on the same thing. Number three, diligence is the personal traits that makes a person have ideas that lead to abundance and wealth. Are you listening to this one? Diligence is a personal trait that makes a person have ideas that lead to abundance and wealth. Ideas. Ideas. Because you don't, your, your, your mind is not resting. Your mind is always working. Your mind is always meditating. Your mind is always thinking about the work that you are doing. And the Holy Spirit will not leave you nor forsake you. He will be giving you ideas. So diligent. The fact that you are diligently thinking about the thing. There's a problem to be solved. There are challenges to be overcome. And you are constantly thinking about it. You are constantly, you know, meditating on the issues. What should be done? What should be done? So your diligence in attaching the problem makes you have abundance of ideas. I tell you. My pastors always tell me, actually, hey, Bishop, you have the idea, so. Because, I mean, why should I have a, this church? I have this church that I have to fill. You need ideas. I need ideas. I have to fill the place. After COVID, I did a survey and I have names of 1,500 people who have stopped coming to church. 1,500. Because the church was about 4,000. It dropped to, it dropped to 2,005. And it was exactly 1,000 names. 
apart from chasing them, I also have to go and chase new ones. At least I know one or two that have come to Ibi. <laughs> I approve. I said, my brother is there. Ah, that lady, I have to look for her. I told her to come and see you. Very correct person. I said, come and see. Come and make sure you go and see Bishop. Make sure he knows, she, he knows you. So he gives you what? Ideas. That's one good thing that diligence does. Gives you ideas. Ideas. Because you are not resting. Are you with me? You are not resting. But you are thinking about it. And the work we are doing is, is God's work. And God will give you ideas. Give you ideas. But if you are resting and your mind is at rest, you will never get any idea. Never. You will never get any idea. If your marriage is not working, you are just sitting aloof looking at it, it will, it will keep on deteriorating. But think about it. Think about what to do to make it work. You know, diligently seeking and trying something, try many things and believe God. I mean, something will break through. Ideas. We need ideas to run the church. We need ideas to grow the church. We need ideas to build the church. Even diligence will make you come and search for a book. I was interested in a book here yesterday, The Gift of Government. Now, if there are two books that will help you do your church, especially for those who have large churches, or for those who are believing God to have large churches, one is the book, Gift of Government, and number two is a double mega missionary church. When you do the things, you just practice these two things, you are running a church, I'm telling you. When you practice, I mean, if big, big churches, like the Catholic Church, Anglican Church, if they come and take this book and begin to look at it, it may bring a certain revival in their churches. I'm telling you. This is a world-class material. World-class. And they have put it on audio for you to listen to. I'm not interested. It's world-class material. This is how Bishop Dak has run this church. That has come what it... I mean, within the next one year or so, even less than a year, I'll, by the grace of God, I would have finished my 15 cathedrals. We would have finished your 10 cathedrals. That's 25 cathedrals. Within just Accra and Eastern region here. And meanwhile, Bishop Sam would have finished, I don't know how many he's building, I don't know how many Bishop Intefu is building. So within the country, within a short, maximum one, one year, by end of next year, there will be about new, about 30 new cathedrals, you know, just that have been finished. <laughs> I'm telling you. Not counting the, not counting the smaller ones that currently we, it's about almost, we're hitting 400 of them. And I'm saying that the way that has been done, so your diligence will make you be searching for a book. Your diligence will make you search for a material. Amen? And in this case, you've been even been told the material has been summarized. You see, one difficulty that some of us have is which material to take. And that's why now the materials have been broken into loyalty. It's loyalty. It's been broken into uh, leadership. We broke it into church growth. 
looking into anointing, shepherding, trying to make things easy. But I'm saying that this gift of government is a classic book. You know, when the modern marriage was written at first, people made fun of it. But I tell you, major churches who have major pastors who write books, I have somebody from Christ Embassy in Nigeria, not in Ghana, in Nigeria. He's a marriage counselor. He himself told me, so, oh, this is the book we use for marriage counseling. I'm talking about Christ Embassy who have a pastor who writes books also. The guy told me, this is the books we use for. It's a world-class manual. Teaches you so many things that you don't know. Intelligent information. Powerful revelations. And now we have the gift of government. Even how to suck people is inside. <laughs> Sample letters that you write when you are sucking them is inside. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Eh? Various things. How to even go to disciplinary procedure is inside. Depending on what sin the person has committed, the marks to give. <laughs> there are principal marks and there are minor ones. Aggravating marks and ameliorating marks. Things that can make your thing worse. Things that can reduce your sentencing. They are all inside. <laughs> but I'm saying diligence is what will make you discover it. Amen? Diligence will make you discover it. Hallelujah. Yesterday I was talking about the double mega missionary church. We're talking about the campaigns. In Ladders, we have about 13 or so or 11 offices. All the offices are described here. Okay? Do you know paraphernalia? There's something, you, are sitting on, you are sitting on a paraphernalia right now. The church is a paraphernalia. Eh? The equipments are paraphernalia. There's a paraphernalia office. Means that there's somebody who takes care of all these things. They are all in the double mega. They are all in this book. You have to have somebody who takes care of your signboard, your 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 things. You know, they are all in the in, in the book. We have a care and crisis office. In my denomination, she is in charge of care and crisis, taking care of pastors. Okay, if pastors know you are taking care of them. At least they know one because a lot of people cannot take care of themselves. Pastors know you are taking care of them. There's care, 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 what crisis where they meet pastors with their wives to find out what is going on in the marriage. Is everything fine? Are you having your quiet time? Are you praying? How about the children? Are they doing fine? It's called care and crisis. So we don't only wait for crisis, but we care first. Before if a crisis comes and if somebody goes through crisis like a parent is dead, somebody is crisis. What did the church do about it? It's all inside. And you buy it. You prefer face masks. So he said, diligence is a personal trait that makes a person have ideas 
that lead to abundance and wealth. Abundance and wealth are coming to you. I say abundance and wealth are coming to you. I say abundance and wealth are coming to you. You have to believe it. Amen? I say you have to believe it. You have to believe it. That diligence. You know, growing up, my father had a friend who was working with him. This man had been very rich in the past. He was a, he was a principal secretary in the Ministry of Agriculture. So there's no country has not been to. You know, those days they travel to go and learn to Las Palma here, conferences. Far and wide. This man retired, he didn't have a house. He didn't have a house. And so he came to work with my father. Then they rented a place for him, some hotel in Adabaka, littered with prostitutes. When I heard that man's story, I said, Me, I have to build a house. <laughs> I have to build a house. I said, When my father died, my father he went to Polytechnic. When he died, he had three houses. So me that went to university, I should have six or seven. And by the grace of God, at the point in my life, I had about seven houses. I didn't plan to have it, but I realized I was just one day I was there, I realized that I had seven houses. <laughs> I realized. I'm telling you, I just realized. But when I heard that man's story. Wisdom came to me that somebody who has lived so lavishly would die a poor person. I said, This will not be my story. This will not be my story. When I came down after studying, I started working. I was no boasty. But I'm a girl, I have to get land in Accra. Every weekend, I was in Accra looking for land. Every weekend. Oh, I have lands. At the point I realized that all these things are useless. I've got enough. I built my house and then I, I began to dash them. I told you, I said, I have one large one to dash. I'm looking for a sensible person to give to. <laughs> Even though I was giving to church, but I think where it is, maybe they needed something by the road. You should have fitted your denomination. It's not too bad. Later, later, just you here, no? Nice! One acre. <laughs> Amen. Wow. It takes diligence. I was traveling a crowd passing weekend looking for land, going and coming. Diligent. I started building around Spintex. One day, I had a call. I was living in Takrad. I was told policemen and things are coming, they are shooting. I told the workers, leave the place. That same day, somebody told me there's land in Sakumano, which is peaceful. I came weekend, I went there, I, I bought it. That's where I live now. I bought land down to the point, and the owner said, he will not sell me land again. I'm buying too many lands. <laughs> so, so now I have to go and bring friends to come and buy. If I won't buy, my friends should buy. I, was, I said, I will not be like this man. I nearly mentioned his name. I will not be like this man by the grace of God. And so when you have that attitude and you have that mind, the Holy Spirit also gives you ideas. Gives you the wisdom. But when you are sleeping over the problems, when you are sleeping over the difficulties, no solution is coming from anywhere. 
It's you. You have to persist at it till you overcome it. Okay, I'm building one of our cathedrals in Bawe. It's not easy. But we persisted. Today, the, hey, it's like building in a river. Now, I show you the pictures, you'll be amazed. As they, they excavate the whole, it just came river, building in a river. Have you built in a river before? If I'm going to show you the place that we are building, you will not believe it. It was like building a river. Yeah, the water is just coming from the ground. <laughs> we have to force. Now we have to do a storm drain so that we can be able to build. Persist. Persist. Know that when you encounter problems, then you back off. Otherwise, you become poor. Because nobody will submit into your hands and on a silver platter prosperity. Nobody will submit abundance into your hands. Nobody will submit church growth into your hands. That somebody grows his church to uh, 300, then say, look, I am tired. Come and get my congregation. Even when the person does that, I tell you, within three weeks, 270 of them would have left. Because they don't know you. You didn't work for them. You didn't birth them. But when you diligently pursue the vision that God has given you. As you've come, we've talked about 50 plus 1. Go and diligently pursue. you see what your church will become next year. Next year by now, you see what your church will become. you see that you have young men in your church who are capable of helping you build a church. Young men going to do crusade, I'm also there doing something else. They're winning souls. I said they're winning souls. Can you see his assistant? He's a young man. I knew him jumping about. Young man. He's an assistant. He's a powerful bishop now. But he saw him as a young man working here. All of us are children are pastors. The other day I was teasing my daughter. Oh, so you're a lay pastor, eh? Because <laughs> my daughter, she's training to be a doctor. And they went for lay pastor's conference. Ah, Lay pastors were come, but you didn't go so why? I was teasing that she's a lay pastor. <laughs> Isn't Jojo a pastor? Kobe. So he's a lay pastor. <laughs> it's very interesting. Yeah. It's amazing. But it's diligence. Amen. I say it's diligence. I say it's a trait that many were not born with. Do you understand? Many were not born with. But you can learn. Clap for Jesus. He said the thoughts. Listen to this Proverbs 21 5. The thoughts. Not the work soon, but the thoughts of the diligence tend only to plenteousness. Not the work. The thoughts. So there are people with even lazy minds. Your mind cannot think. Or you refuse to think. <laughs> you refuse to think. But I said the thoughts, not the works. You have not even gone to works yet. By your thoughts alone. The thoughts of the diligence. There is only one way those thoughts go. That's why I said tend only. Not many ways. Only to plenteousness. But of everyone that is hasty, only to want.
So you can see that the diligence also has a, th- a way of thinking. It's not only a way of doing things, but also a way of thinking. That's why the third point I give you says diligence is a personal trait that makes a person have ideas that lead to abundance and wealth. Ideas. Because your mind is working. And there are people whose minds are working. And that's how come they, have, they, they, they can manufacture aeroplanes because their minds are working. Actively working. Their minds are working. And you see, the more, you see, as you are there, if you have part of your body that you don't use for what it's supposed to be used for, it will die. That's why when people have accidents, maybe they now have to go for physio to learn how to walk again. Because for a long time, they've had injury, they're not able to walk. And so now the leg is dying because it's not been used in walking. So anything that you don't use, it will die. And if you don't take care, most of us, our brains will die because our brains are not being used diligently and always. I'm telling you, my brother. But the more you use it, the more it becomes powerful. <laughs> it's just like your caliphy. You know caliphy? This one's called caliphy. Your intestines. <laughs> the more you lift weights, you are building it. That's why the Bible says, building up yourself in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. The thing you, you think you, you, you use always, you use always, you are building it up. Amen. That's why it says, the thoughts, the thinking, hmm? the thinking of the diligent person, the ideas, it only leads to only one thing, plenteousness. May you have plenteousness of souls. May you have plenteousness of members. I said, may you have plenteousness of members. In the name of Jesus. May you have plenteousness of shepherds. Plenteousness of shepherds. Plenteousness of members. In your church. In the name of Jesus. Because your thoughts are working. Your thoughts are working. So even before your hands and your legs begin to go into action. Your thoughts alone. Your thoughts alone. I've set you on a certain path, a path of plenteousness. Your thoughts alone. Your thoughts alone. They set you on a certain path. Your thoughts alone. I'm saying your thoughts alone. I say your thoughts alone. They set you on a certain path. And it's only one path. Only one path. Only one path. Your thoughts alone sets you on a path of plenteousness. May you be diligent in your thinking. I say, may we be diligent in our thinking. I say, may we be diligent in our thinking. Isn't it amazing that your thoughts alone could, you know, set you on a certain path? And it's not like many paths. If it's many paths, there'll be a problem. If there are many options, there'll be a problem. But it sets you just on one path. Because you are a diligent person. It sets you just on one path. Only to plenteousness. Just the thinking. So, diligence is not only in the... But even before you take any action, you would have thought of it. So, men and brethren, we should let our minds work. I say we should let our minds work. We should be diligent in our thinking. Amen? We should be diligent in our thinking. 
You have a church there are problems. You have a church there are obstacles to be overcome. You have a church there are challenges. We should be diligent in our thinking because it will lead only to one thing: to plenteousness. Plenteousness. Number four. Diligence. Diligence is the personal trait, and take note that it's always saying personal. It's not a general church. This church, they are diligent. No, it's a personal trait. So it's like you're going to train people to be diligent in your church. No, it is you. Me too, that I'm training myself to be diligent. There are times I do something and I even forget that, you know, I, I used to, because of my background, my style is to set up systems. Okay? And train people to handle it, to make it work. But I realized that most people are not diligent when you give them something to do. Yeah. So you can set systems. What books have Bishop Dark not written? You can set systems. But if you are not personally involved to ensure that the things work, they will not work. And that's why it's a personal trait that me, myself, I am acquiring as I am here. It's a personal trait. It's not something I'm leaving to somebody. If I don't gather the new believer teachers to assess their work personally, do I put the pastor there? From beginning of the year to now, I've not had any graduation of new believers. Meanwhile, after every six weeks, they're supposed to bring in people to graduate. Yeah. Yes. And if you have been born again in the church, where are they? Where are they? That somebody wants to be appointed a pastor. What do you do? Is a new believer teaches. I'm a teacher and new. When people mention touches like that, it tells you how useless they are. But if you are shepherd, you tell me, oh, I have 15 sheep that I bring every day. Then I, you, are, you, are, you are talking. I say, I'm, I'm a new believer's ministry. What is that? I think we are doing local government here. When people give me such answers, I'm not impressed. What do you do? They say, I am in this. The fact that you are there doesn't mean you are doing anything. Are you with me? That I have people who are taking care of new believers and up to now, this year, I've not graduated any believer. Any new believer. I've not graduated any. The last graduation was last year. Oh, have I graduated any this year? So it's my fault. I've not been diligent in going to them every month to ask them, where are my converts? Where are my converts? But I've come to learn here and I'm going to go to them starting this Sunday. Where are my converts? So if they are hearing me, they should make the converts ready. As if they are listening to me on Facebook, make the converts ready because I am coming for my converts. I am coming for the people that Jesus Christ died for. The people I preach who gave their life to Christ. Who I'm supposed to graduate. I have graduation certificates there. I'm waiting to write their names inside and sign it and give it to them. And even give some of them uh, tablets. Even give some, give some of them tablets. Yeah. Last year we gave tablets. 
maybe people who were consistent in coming to the class. I, I shared about maybe about 20 tablets and phones, you know, tablets loaded with Bibles and various and books. Loaded thousand books and Bibles and various things. You see? And I'm sitting down there. I'm waiting for somebody to bring their people for me to graduate. You're not bringing them. I have the one who have been foolish. I thank God foolishness is gone. I say, I thank God that foolishness is gone. Yeah. It's gone. May yours also go. I say, may yours also go. Amen. Mine is going. And I've already announced what I'm coming to do. If I don't do it on a Sunday, they know that this guy, he just talks. Listen. They're online. <laughs> They're online. Amen. Diligence is a personal trait that leads to promotion. Leads to what? Promotion. Proverbs 22 29. Sears down a man diligent in his business. What is your business? My business is church. What is your business? Ask yourself that question. What is your business? Sears thou a man diligent in his business. Diligent in his business. It means that we have to be very diligent in our business. Amen? Sears thou a man diligent in his business. He shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before mean men. Our pastor was standing in, 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 in France, you know, before powerful people. Things that I will see on uh, National Geography, on documentary, he was seen with his eyes. He's a diligent man. I really admire him. He's a diligent man. I told the church yesterday, you were not here. But some years back, before I came back to Ghana, I told the Lord to give me a friend. The Lord gave me three names. His was one of them. The Lord gave me three names. But I find him like someone who is quiet and maybe not very friendly because he's a very serious man. When we are chatting about ministry, it's not about fried rice or House of folk or something like that. Is that still House of folk? <laughs> no, I'm serious. Yeah, I'm very, very serious. Three names. Two of them in Ghana, one in UK. So, Lord, give me somebody I can who can be my friend. And over the years, we don't meet that often, but there's a mutual love. Father, he will invite me to come and speak in this conference. Something he, as he was preaching, did you see, did you think he was tired? If it's the problem with the handkerchief, there are many. See, the problem is the first hour, there are many of them. He wasn't tired. Not that he was tired, that's why, you know, he's tired, he's preaching, I should also come and say something. No. But it's just an honor and a blessing, he's blessing me. (laughs) 
I mean, he himself, he may not know how much I love him. And you see, I love the wife so much, but the wife doesn't know why I love her. I love her because I love the husband. I just, the two shall become one flesh. You first before him. Why do you think so? He proposed to you and married you. (laughs) Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Amen. I don't know what brought me to this. Speak. Amen. So as I'm also speaking, I'm not standing before a mean man. Somebody who stands and ministers with bishop. Stand before presidents. Have you met, met an assemblyman before? Where your church is, the assemblyman doesn't know you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Now, in history, diligence is what has created wealth, that's created success. There's this story that I would like you to read when you have the opportunity. It's about one Colonel Sanders, the one who brought Kentucky Fried Chicken. It's a wonderful story. It's a classic story on diligence. He kept on trying. He prepared a recipe. Today, if break time, Mr. Bogor has arranged Kentucky for everybody to have a bite. You go and say, this conference was very powerful. (laughs) But he prepared a recipe for spicing chicken and frying and he took it to a place for, you know, to sell the idea and nobody minded him. He went to the next place. They rejected. He kept on going to places. Kept on going, trying, trying. And he tried how many times? Thousand and nine. The thousand and ninth. That is recipe. I mean, thousand and nine, my God. Just on spices to fry a uh, chicken. And you believe that? I mean, come on, come on. I don't know the challenges you have in your church. I, know that the, I don't know the obstacles that have to be overcome. I don't know how many times you have tried them. I don't know how many times you have, you, have, you have made an attempt at church growth. I don't know how many times you have made an attempt to raise people. As, even, as you began to raise people, then your wife even begin to suspect you that you are having an affair with the people. I don't know how many times you have attempted things in your church that has not worked. But I came to announce to you that there is a man and he had nothing to do with ministry. He had nothing to do with God. But just some spices some shito and kakachofa that he has to put on the chicken and he tried over a thousand times before the thousand and ninth time his recipe was accepted and today you and I enjoy Kentucky fried chicken some of us would have been tuning it nyafu nyafu but for the fact that we don't we have grown up and we are wiser we don't eat things by heart once in a while, you chew it and you chew it all there. It's some around it. And the bones. <laughs> he tried a 
thousand and thousand and eight. I mean, I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. I don't know how many times you have tried things. I said, I don't know how many times I've tried things. I knew of a woman. She was staying in Accra. I think her husband was in Takwa. By virtue of the work, they couldn't stay at the same place. They married and she wasn't taking seat. The number of times that he has gone for conventions, hands to be laid on her. The number of uh, hospitals she has gone for fertility treatments. She does the treatment. She does to Takwa to go and receive the seat. I mean, for years about 10 years, just kept on trying, just trying, trying diligently going on diligently, diligently, and spending a lot of money finally she got a child she said she would try die that to die without a child is not her story I don't know what you've tried in your church I don't know how many times you have tried. I cannot give up on church growth. I said, I cannot give up for my church to grow. I cannot give up to raise people. I've been at the college four and a half years. Last year, I didn't have a mind that I'll have 120 people that I'm training. But as I am going on, you see, the thoughts, the thoughts, the thoughts of a diligent man, it leads only to plenteousness. So as I'm trying, I'm trying. Ask them, what names have nine of formed at the Kodesh? Hmm? When I came, I said, what, DM1, DM2, DM3? DS. Disciples, what, what DS? What is DS? I even forgot what it was. DS1, a group, DS2, DS3, so from here, when you graduate, you go here, by DS3, you are in the church, IPTPA, then you are becoming a pastor. I've tried things. When I checked the records yesterday, my four years, I've appointed 60 pastors. Yeah. Four years, 60 pastors. And I'm still trying. What, what now? Now I have a group, D120. I just had a camp. After the camp, I said, anybody who is interested in ministry, lift your hand. I believe strongly that many are called. I don't know why you told me to preach. Uh, I should preach on that book. I don't know why. I believe strongly that many are called. They come. I say, anybody who is interested in ministry, lift your hand. I want to meet you. I met them. Written their names. I'm, I've shared those lessons for them every Sunday. Day 120. Say, so by the time I'm 65, which is like by the grace of God, three years' time, if God gives me life, most of these people I should appoint them as pastors. You appoint, you send them out, some disappoint you, some don't disappoint you, some casually they are doing the thing, it's not working, some is working, but keep on. Just keep on. I say just keep on. Just keep on. What do I have to lose? What do I have to lose? There's nothing to lose. Amen? He said the thoughts of a diligent man. Because my thinking is that, yes, Yes, I meet people in church. They have been in church from Collegono days. I say, you have been to church for 20 years. How come you are not a pastor? How come you are not a pastor? I have been in the church for 20 years. When I, I joined the church, within three years, I was appointed a pastor. I always tell them, I joined the church, within three years, I was a pastor. And you have been in church for 20 years. So why are you not a pastor? It's a mistake. 
is a mistake. Oh, you know, I don't like the title. I want to do the work. You see, you see, like Pastor Eric here, he works in my office. But as he's in the system, does that mean that anytime I'm having meeting with pastors in my office, then she has to excuse. So no, no, you have to hurry up and become. You have to hurry up and become. So it's so not like when there's meeting, oh, excuse us. Oh, why? I have one lawyer. After that, you become a pastor. Because you are part of the team. Because you are part of the team. And it takes diligence. Amen? Who gave me the idea of getting 120 people to begin to train them? 120 raw people to begin to train them. Because of my thinking. So the thoughts of a diligent man. The thoughts of a diligent man. They only lead to plenteousness. They only lead to plenty. There's only one way. There's only one outcome. And that outcome is plenteousness. Because your thinking is, is, is fixed on something. And despite the challenges, despite the failures, you say, no, you keep at it. You keep at it. You keep trying. You keep trying. You keep trying. Just keep trying. Just keep trying. One day to work. So if you look at this Kenneth Sanders story, he became a very, very... Now, up to now, up to today, we are all eating Kentucky Fried Chicken. Because somebody said, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to stay at it till I get the results that I want. And I came to announce to you that God is no respecter of persons. I say, God is no respecter of persons. If somebody could work with spices and could be so diligent to ensure that the spices get to the markets, how about souls that Jesus Christ died for? How about precious souls that Jesus Christ died for? How about the things that Jesus said that many are called? That the ministry needs many people to be part of. There's a story also of Abraham Lincoln. Listen to this summary as I close. It's Abraham Lincoln, a famous president of USA, is another good example of an inexorable, never give up, never give in man of diligence. In spite of repeated failure and difficulties, he persisted in his political mission eh? until he was successful. People are persisting in political missions. How about the mission of Jesus Christ? How about the vision of your calling? You need to persist in it. I say you need to persist in it. Our brother here is a Baptist. Can I say it? He's a Baptist. What is a Baptist doing in such a conference? He comes to every conference of our father. He comes to every conference of our father. Check and see how many Baptists you see here. And he's seen some results. He's seen significant results in his church. He said something yesterday which was very, very touching. I don't know whether he said that one of his um, Baptist superiors said it. That what is for, he's not following what? An ideology. Is that what the word he used? A doctrine. The books that Bishop Dag has read, they don't contain doctrines. You know, Pentecostals is the doctrine, Charismatics is the doctrine, Baptists is the doctrine, Orthodox, you know, doctrines. He said the books are not, they don't contain doctrines. 
they just contain how churches can be built. That's all they contain. There's no doctrine here. It's how you can build a church. How when you have a large church, you can form councils to build a church. And he's seen the results in his church. He's gathering um, Baptist pastors to share with them. And because they are seeing the results, eh? because they are seeing the results, they are accepting what he's saying. Since when have you been coming for bishops' conferences? Did you hear that? Since 206, he's been coming for Bishop Dark conferences. Mm-hmm. He's rented a room in Valleyview to be coming for the conference. Since 206, he's a bishop. He was consecrated. Is it this year or last year? Last year. Since 206. And if you ask him, not like when he started coming by 2010, he has seen changes in his chair. No. But it kept coming. It kept coming. And that is diligence. You see something you like, you follow it. I'm not saying when you... Even bad things we seek out, we follow. And, and you see a woman in your church you like, you follow. How about, how about the vision that God has given you? You see a nice girl in your church, you follow her till you get her. How about the nice vision God has given you? That Satan will be more diligent than you is a mistake. I said that Satan will be more diligent than you is a mistake. There's something that Bishop taught us that Satan will get tired before we get tired. And that should be your mind about the church. That whatever is standing in your way of breaking forth in the assignment that you have, Whatever is standing in your way of solving the problem that you have to solve. Whatever is in your way of, of, of overcoming the challenges. Say to that thing that you get tired before I get tired. You get tired before I get tired. You get tired before I get tired. Listen. He persisted and his relentless effort paid off in the end. We all know Abraham Lincoln. But I don't know his story. He failed in business in 1831. He was defeated for legislature in 1832. He experienced a second failure in business in 1833. He suffered nervous breakdown in 1836. He was defeated for speaker. He was running for speaker. He failed. He was defeated in 1838. He was defeated as elector in 1840. He was defeated for congress in 1843. He was defeated again in Congress 1848. He was defeated when he stood for senator in 1855. He was defeated for vice presidency in 1856. He was defeated for senator again in 1858. He was finally elected president in 1860. <laughs> The persistent, relentless effort by an individual to solve a problem, to overcome difficulties and challenges. I see you overcoming every difficulty in your ministry. As I see you overcoming every difficulty in your ministry. I don't know what difficulties you've been going through. 
I don't know what challenges has plagued your ministry. I don't know what has stopped you in your tracks. But I came to announce to you that there is a trait. It's not something that you may, you may not have been born with it. But you can learn to be diligent. I say you can learn to be diligent. I say you can learn to be diligent. It said the thoughts of a diligent man only leads to plenteousness. The thoughts, just the thoughts alone of a diligent man only leads to plenteousness. May that be your story. Amen. I said, may that be your story. Amen. May that be your story. Amen. May that be your destiny. Amen. I said, may that be your destiny. Amen. As I'm sharing, I've shared my failures. Not like I'm sitting on a cloud and I'm riding like some uh, some witch sitting on a broom. No. The failures are coming. We are not giving up. We are persisting. We are moving on. We fall today. We rise tomorrow. I say we fall today. We rise tomorrow. Because we have a focus. And we have a mind. We We have what we want to achieve. I say we have what we want to achieve. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and just begin to pray right now. Lift your hands and just begin to pray. Lift your hands and just begin to pray. Lift your hands and just begin to pray. Oh yes. Landa Brasanto Caprete, La Pababa, Mashikate. Cast out laziness from your life in the name of Jesus. Lema, Laba, Shaba, Kabe, Laba, Shabe, Mende Leba, Makabo, Laba, Babo, Randele Bebe, Leba, Laba. He said, The thoughts of the diligent only lead to plenteousness. The thoughts of the diligent only lead to plenteousness. Pray that God will influence your thoughts. It will influence your thinking in the name of Jesus. It will influence your thoughts and influence your thinking in the name of Jesus. It said, if these things be in you, if these things be in you and above and above, as you leave this place, as you leave this place, as you leave this place, the things you have learned, they are going to abound. They are going to abound. You are going to listen to them. You will listen to them. Over and over. 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 If this still be in you. If this still be in you. And above. And above. And above. And above. As you listen to them over. As you listen to it over. As you watch. 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 It's becoming abundance. It's becoming abundance. It's becoming abundance. It's becoming abundance. In the name of Jesus. Relentless. Relentless. Persistent. Persistence, relentless, persistence, threats about an individual, about an individual, about an individual. You are leaving this place, you are leaving this place with a relentless thinking, with relentless thinking, with relentless thinking, having the relentless thoughts in the name of.
of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Pick it that says. Pick it that says. I'm not giving up. 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 In the name of Jesus. Pick it that says. Pick it that says. I'm not giving up. I'm going to try again. 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 No matter the failures. No matter the challenges. I'm going to try again. 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 In the name of Jesus. Says, for if these things be in you, oh yes, for if these things be in you, I believe that in this conference something has entered you. Amen. I say, I believe that in this conference, something has entered you. Amen. I say, something has entered you. I say, something has entered you. I say, something has entered you. In this conference, something has entered you. And as you go back, I say, as you go back, and you listen over it, and you watch it, over and over, 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 they are abounding in you. 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 In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The things that you have heard this week, what you are going to hear, even this afternoon. If these things, I said, if these things be in you. Be in you. Oh yes. And as you go back and you listen and you watch, it says and abound. Oh yes. It says they make you that you shall neither, you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Something has entered into you in this moment. And more things are going hey, to enter into you. Amen. I say more things are going to enter into hey, you. Amen. The good news is, hey, because of technology, you can listen over and over. Amen. Over and over. Oh, so that it will abound in you. So that it will increase in you. Oh, I say so that it will increase in you. That is what will take away barrenness and unfruitfulness out of your line out of your line oh yes out of your line oh yes it is happening to you amen i say it is happening to you amen i say it is happening to you amen you didn't come to this conference for nothing you are certainly better than the person who didn't come I say you are certainly better oh, than the person who didn't come. Amen. You listen on Facebook. You are certainly better amen. than the one who didn't listen. Amen. Because these things are going to be in you. And they are going to abound as you listen to it again. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. We give you the glory. We give you the glory. We give you the praise. We give you the praise. Let these things be in us. Oh, yes. And as we go back, yes, Lord. Let us be diligent. Jesus. Let us be diligent. Oh, yes. Because of what your word says. That the dots. Of a diligent man, the thoughts, the thinking of a diligent man, they lead to only one thing, they lead to plenteousness. That will be your story, amen. 
and that will be your destiny. Oh, yes. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. And we give you the glory. We give you the glory. In Jesus' name. Glory, glory, glory. Let everybody say amen. Oh, amen. Hallelujah. Oh, clap your hands. Oh, what a blessing. What a blessing. Clap your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Clap your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Shall we receive Bishop Ogo? by the word of God preached by Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo. Do join one of our lovely services from the Mackinac Cathedral near Valley View University, OUB, Accra, this and every weekend at 7.30pm on Saturdays, as well as 7.30am and 12 noon on Sundays. Connect with Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo on Facebook Live, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and on your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us. God bless you.